0: To Welcome truth, to Movie the truth and nothing but the, truth, so the podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji.
1: Today, we're talking about another film on that list. Shocking, I know.
0: Francis Ford Coppola's movie Apocalypse Now, which he says is not anti-war, but it definitely is anti-war. Sometimes you wonder where some of these directors come up with their cuts about their films. But hey.
1: He's, he's an artiste, okay? Okay.
0: That's, that's great. That's great for him.
1: <laughs> he buys vases and not vases. Uh, mm. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now was released on August 15th, 1979. And it stars Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, and Cynthia Wood. Which it was really hard to find the female actor in this movie, and Cynthia Wood is one of the playmates. So there you go.
0: Oh, she wasn't. It wasn't even the French woman.
1: No.
0: Oh man, I was like Cynthia Wood. She did a really good French accent, if that was. The case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we go boating upstream the river, I have to ask you to leave a review for the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah, give us the thumbs up,
1: uh tell your friends about the show, uh tell us how we're right, how we're wrong, what we got right, what we got wrong, um how insanely bad faith our arguments are. All the things. Just you know, let us know, connect with us at
0: Movie Mistrial on all the socials.
1: So yeah, what makes you happy today, Mr. Raji?
0: What makes me happy? Um we're recording this on May twenty eighth um and newcastle has finally qualified for the champions league so yay yay i'm gonna gonna be spending some spending some time in uh in new york to watch them play on uh in july 28th so if you're a newcastle fan and you happen to come watch the game you know that i'm gonna be there but you know before we let everybody sleep because we're talking about sports (laughs) uh we'll move on what makes you happy today johannes
1: So, first of all, I I have a bone to pick with this movie right away. This, in 55 episodes, this has been the hardest to figure out where to watch this freaking thing. (laughs) Um, Because, for multiple reasons. So, this movie has three different versions. This is the first time the two of us had to come to an agreement which version we watch uh, for this. We ended up at the final cut. So... The Final Cut is only available for streaming at Alamo Drafthouse Streaming On Demand. It's a whole thing, apparently. I never Mm. heard of this. But yay for Alamo Drafthouse, right? Um, (laughs) So try to find the Alamo Drafthouse Streaming app. It's not there because it's the Fantasy Film Fest app. why i don't know (laughs) it took us a good 45 minutes to figure out a where to purchase the rights to stream this thing and then how to put it up on our tv it was insane um but you know it could have been worse i think like the other versions of it are even harder to figure out it's puzzling for something that is so you know so so acknowledged as being this amazing movie Mm-hmm. It's surprisingly hard to see this um, because it's not available on streaming. Really. It's weird. Um, aside from that, I'm doing great. Oh. <laughs> I'm
0: glad. I'm glad. I mean, you know, I think the most important part is the second part of that conversation. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to I, see
0: the movie finally.
1: Right, right, right. I did uh, I did finally purchase a Blackstone griddle for the outsides. So I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. I can I can cook food outside again. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That gives me
0: joy <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I I, I think that uh, It wasn't until I finished watching the uh, The final cut of this film That I realized I could have watched the original Which was way shorter than this one <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because I I had it on Apple TV Because I bought you the Blu-ray uh, The 4K whatever And because when you buy the 4K Discs you can just upload it And it will become part of your Apple TV films Oh. So, on the 4K disc, I had only the Redux and the Final Cut. So, when I linked it to my Apple TV, where I watched the film, I found out, after it finished, that I could have watched the original. Hmm. Because the Apple TV has three versions. And, yeah, that was I was like, man, I w- I could have saved myself some time on this. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know... But- I guess you only have access to these three
1: versions. However, if you own the disc,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the weird thing is, I got this disc a long time ago, and it took me forever to watch this film.
1: Yeah, this was the first time I've seen this movie, and I'm pretty sure, you know, decades ago, I I bought the DVD because it's it's one of these DVDs that you buy because everybody wants to likes this movie. Yeah, but I never,
0: I've never got around to watch it. So here we are now. I've watched. I have had this Blu-ray for two years, and I finally got to watch it yesterday. Thanks to this podcast, wonderful. Um, Right? Yeah. You know,
1: the positives are the the friends
0: we made along the way. Yeah, that is true. We get to watch this, and we get to watch Charlie Chaplin. Great job.
1: (laughs) For a second, there was like Charlie Chaplin, Martin Sheen. I don't know what (laughs) happened in my brain there, but anyway. Before it goes even further into the, the abyss here, uh, let's hear a synopsis. In Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now Final Cut, set during the Vietnam War, Captain Benjamin Willard is assigned a dangerous mission to assassinate a rogue Special Forces colonel named Walter E. Kurtz, who has gone insane and established his own brutal empire in Cambodia. As Willard embarks on his journey upriver aboard a Navy patrol boat, he encounters a cast of morally ambiguous characters including the surfing obsessed lieutenant colonel kilgore and a disillusioned photojournalist played by dennis hopper as the crew progresses deeper into the heart of darkness they face the horrors of war encountering madness chaos and the profound moral and psychological dilemmas of the conflict with each step closer to kurtz willard's perception of the war and humanity itself is tested leading to a climactic and harrowing confrontation with the deranged colonel so that's that's the synopsis for the final cut. I, I assume. Um,
0: hmm. I mean, I think the synopsis would be the same for every one of them. <laughs> it's, it's just kinda, how long the right? journey is. So, so,
1: so apparently, the, so the the French uh, plantation uh, piece is in Redux and then shorter in the final cut, but it's not in the original cut.
0: So my my wife was telling me that she had never seen those scenes before, and I uh-huh. was like, there you go. Anyway, I'm just going to craft a crude joke, but I'm going to move on. Um.
1: (laughs) It's going to be that kind of show today. Uh, (laughs) Where do you want to be in terms of flipping a coin?
0: I'm going to go with heads, my usual. And we have heads. All right. Surprisingly, I don't know. I don't I, because I have a, a hunch that you're gonna you don't like this film. I'm gonna go with uh, heads. I'm gonna go with uh, arguing for this film, as opposed That's to fine. arguing against it.
1: That's fine. Um, against this film, it is. Actually, I I don't have a like crazy hate for this, but we'll see where this gets me. <laughs> if if I get riled up enough. Here we go. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor. I think Apocalypse Now, the final cut, um, is not even the cut that Francis Ford Coppola likes. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. So I don't understand the history of this movie, to be honest. We have a two and a half hour cut that's the theatrical release. We have a three and a half hour cut that's redux. And then we have the final cut, quote unquote, that's like somewhere in between three hours and change. Um, I suspect there's going to be an ultimate cut at some point. Who knows? So what we're left with in the final cut is three hours of a reverse Saving Private Ryan. Kind of the bad brother of Saving Private Ryan. Um, We go into a war zone with a mission... But this time around, we're not saving somebody, but we're supposed to kill somebody. And at face value, I think that's that's kind of an interesting story. The problem lies with all these little quests along the way. And they're not even quests. Like the, Martin Sheen's character doesn't really have anything to do. He just kind of hangs out and waits and observes what's going on in the world um, in Vietnam uh, during the war. But there's not a lot that's happening. What we're observing is the, the craziness or rather the effects of living in a war zone and how normalized the craziness of it all gets and how people cope with the craziness of it. Um, and I feel like I kind of get what, what, the, what Coppola was trying to do here but I don't think it's super successful. I think it's very bizarre that we spend a lot of time on surfing while there's a raid happening. Um, again, I understand it's supposed to show, you know, people are fully de- fully detached from the horrors that are happening and it's, it's a way to cope with the horrors, but it just feels very odd. Um, we land at the aforementioned plantation, French plantation, and that just sucks the life of this movie for a good 20 minutes. And it gets very cheesy. The music is very telenovela-like. Um, and it's super bizarre. It doesn't fit. It takes you out of the movie. It, it slows the movie down significantly. It has no consequences at all. Uh, so it's very random that it's in here. Um, no Nobody understands why. Um, apparently, it was even longer in Redux. I don't think we need this. Um, And then we finally, 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 after two and a half hours, get to Marlon Brando. And I think there's some interesting things uh, that are happening here in terms of lighting, kind of always keeping him in the dark for the most part. And, and, you know, Mystique, he's this rogue Green Beret person um, who goes against the United States, or rather he commits war crimes and flees. Flees the war um and has a very interesting take on the war in general where it's like oh if we only had more people committing war crimes this war would be over sooner <laughs> interesting take but you know whatever uh we're not supposed to like this character i don't think anybody likes this character um i think it just felt flat like the consequences there's no real consequences um, I think and that's, that's kind of a problem like we were just kind of strung along this journey mission accomplished we don't know what happens after it's all horrible but it's also not like for it for it to for it to be effective as an anti-war film which apparently Coppola didn't want this to be um i i feel like it's not fleshed out and the horrors are not horrific that sounds bad but not horrific enough for us to really get us there like take a Schindler's list um that's a truly horrible hor- like horrific movie but it's very effective in in kind of the 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 badness it shows saving private ryan as well it's very graphic and very violent but that just brings us into this real world this feels a little too reserved for what it's trying to tell me so all of this has me just puzzled is this movie hard to stream because everybody kind of understands it's not the greatest movie i don't know that's my hypothesis i'm stand by it i don't think it's
0: that great of a movie Mm, strong arguments, strong <laughs> arguments. Right? Um, so I'm going to look at it from a different perspective. This movie is about the realities of the war. So, you know, if we take Francis Ford Coppola's reality and intent for making this film, we get to see somebody, um, a main character, who we get introduced to at the very beginning, who is um has a a limited tethering to the normal world he's growing insane he's growing insane every day um he's fighting normalcy the only place he feels normal is in the depths of war when he goes home he fights with his wife he's getting a divorce he only feels at home in the court in the war area we're following this morally bankrupt character through the hellscape that is the Vietnam War through the rivers and we get to see the horrors of war the horrors and the amount of incompetence that we get to see is staggering from the, the guys who are fighting on the bridge um, who don't even have a commanding officer who were just shooting um, to scenes where a woman was trying to save a dog which leads to a massacre We get to see people who are fighting the trauma, who don't appreciate, um, who are trigger happy because of the scenes they're in. Um, And we get to experience all of that um, as the boat goes through uh, Vietnam to Cambodia, where we get to meet the main villain. Um, One of the things that I, I praise this movie on is the fact that all the characters are morally ambiguous the difference between the colonel and the captain is just the fact that one decides that he wants to um do his crimes outside the umbrella of the u.s government and the other is doing the crimes within the umbrella but the crimes are the same the crimes are the same it's still massacre people are still doing all sorts of things um Killing folks, shooting people randomly, the kids who were throwing arrows uh who got shot at before he, the boat driver got spared, all of these crimes happening nonchalantly throughout the war zone and you know uh, the Marlon Brando character asked the question why why is it that I am the one who gets to gets to be assassinated? And the truth about it is, that's a good question. Uh, at the end of the scene, we're seeing, well, at the end of the movie, we're seeing them play with light and dark. The main character and Marlon Brando are going in, into the dark and coming out, going into the dark and coming out, basically showing that they're morally ambiguous. There's, no, there's really no difference between the two of them. Um, and the reality is, this movie is just a play on power. From the playboys dancing in the streets, uh, dancing underwater water for the men, um, to basically the decision to shoot anybody who argues against him, against them, uh, to the fact that the whole mission, where you know the soldiers came in, saw this guy who was incompetent, laying in bed, drunk, um, and they pick him up, dress him up, and get him to the meeting. He goes in and he lies about a fishing accident. Uh, Everybody knows he's lying, uh, but they eventually still do it. They still send him in. Everybody's incompetent. The war is crazy. And this movie is just a reality check on what we get to see. And the horrors are effective. As a war film, I was totally enthralled from the very beginning till the very close to the end. Um, and then, you know, the movie ended. And I think after the movie finished, I had to get a, a drink because this movie was uh, the horrors, the horrors, uh, as they said at the end. So I, I think this movie was effective in what it's trying to do. I think it should be high on the list. Um, But I do have some qualms, but I'll, I'll save that for the next section.
1: Hmm. Hmm. See, I... Like, I felt like the... Horrors depicted are more in the numbness, right? Like people get used to to whatever is going around them, and then they get numb to, and and their kind of moral compass gets skewed. It it seems like, right? Um, that that's kind of the horrific thing here, but. I also feel like it's it's somewhat played just very you know the Martin Sheen character is just kind of like shrugging it off, right? I mean I guess he has his own issues as, as you indicated in the beginning. He he he's you know sees the helicopter um wings, the blades like in, in the ceiling fan and all that, right? So he's he's like deeply traumatized, obviously. Um <clears throat> I I think what I what I was trying to get at with like it's yes we see horrors but it's not horrific enough like I think there's there's something there where um like imposing this odd sense of normality into a war zone like the surfing um like th- th- there's something horrific there already but it it just feels very bizarre and out of place. It feels almost like too surreal to to be believable. Um, that said, I don't doubt that stuff like that happens, right? Like it's because again, like mentally, people just grow numb to to the horrible things that happen, um, and we've seen that time and time again in history, right? So it's it's not completely unbelievable that this happens, but. um... I think like my main qualm or like one of my qualms is just that it feels very unfocused. And I get the sense that all these recuts and like additions and and, kind of trying to to make a little more coherent sense of it all. This is is kind of a desperate attempt of bringing more focus, but I don't think we're fully there yet. That's why I was like, well, maybe there's going to be another cut eventually where Coppola is happy with it as well. Um, we don't know, I think. Uh, but it's just just kind of a, a sequence of events that happen, because we need to get to the final point. Um, But none of it is has any consequence. I guess is my point. Right? Yes, there's some truly horrific stuff. Um, I think the, uh, the first time where I was really like, oh, this is not great, was the scene with the boat where they do the routine checkup, right? And like, this is all coming from not following orders, which is weird because you would think, like, if, if you don't have anything else, right, you have that construct of a hierarchy to at least give you the chance to stay out of these moral ambivalent actions, right? But. I guess if if you skew that level of control as well, all gloves are off and then bad things happen, which we've seen here so that was the first time where it was like, oof, the seventeen year old is just going nuts right and and just trigger happy, and that's bad, but does it have any consequence no right so so I guess right this is all about just you know all these. These signs of like, okay, this is what happens in extreme situations. But then, this whole kind of quest, getting from A to B to to get to Malenbrando, is is kind of a distraction. If we want to tell that story, I guess I don't know. Like I'm, 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 I'm just leaving this movie and i'm i'm just kind of like okay this is a movie and it's 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 a it's arguably a good movie but i'm not entirely sure how i'm supposed to feel about it right Mm. because it's 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 not consequential enough i guess for me like it's not honing in on on like what it's trying to tell me
0: enough well wouldn't you say that the purpose of the movie was just to prove that particular point that nothing is consequential in this war People, everything was pointless, the killings, the actions, even the fact that Malam Brando was talking about Colonel Kurtz, uh, as I said in the movie, was talking about how it was pointless to even kill him. Um, there were many people doing the same thing. Why was it only him that was getting killed? Um, and, the, and I think this is the reason why I say the movie is not really about the point. I think the movie is about power. Who has the power? and And I think that even the narrator who is what do you call it who is uh who is not reliable in any way mm-hmm. um pointed it out too this is about you know generally speaking, they pick this guy who is going through this moral crisis and just says, "Hey, you go kill this guy." the whole French scene, and I know and I know you talked about how it dragged on. But I think the whole French scene kind of highlighted it. Um, the when they go in and they were having dinner and the guy was talking about how the French lost World War One, they lost World War Two. Uh, the Americans came in. He said that the Amer- it wasn't that the Americans won, but the French lost. But we're not going to lose Vietnam. Uh, this this winery or whatever, this farm that my family has had for seventy years will remain mine. Um, And I think that kind of gave the basic idea of this film. I think this movie was always about power, the power of the U S government to just send somebody in to destroy uh, another person who called the U S government out for incompetence. And it was shown throughout the film that Colonel Kurtz was right about the incompetence. That's the interesting thing. Um, this the um the main protagonist was sent in to kill Connor Kurtz. he wasn't the first person to kill Connor Kurtz. He was the second person who was sent. Uh, the first person joined ended up joining Connor Kurtz in his rampage. Um, and I think that that shows the power that he has uh, and I I, just, I feel like when you look at it from the perspective of who has power. Because the whole idea of Colonel Kurtz was to create his own his own army that gets to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, the people in Cambodia v- viewed him as a god, uh, and they never, you know, he killed with impunity in this in his in his little lawless land. Um, the people dancing around the cow at the very end, and then they um, chopped the head neck off. Man, that was disturbing to watch oh man i really cringed at that part but basically it's it's about power and uh yeah i i felt i really really felt like the movie was able to achieve what it was trying to do from that perspective um so yeah that's my perspective on the film hmm Movie's oh. about I felt like the movie was about power and loss. The whole conversation between him and the French woman was about loss and the fact that they they, they were still alive and they should cherish that. So they smoked some opium. Um <laughs> uh yeah, the movie was all sorts of interesting. I, I don't I, I, like
1: I feel like like did the people in Cambodia really like Kurtz? That's kind of my right. So why didn't they do anything against it?
0: That's the thing. It's all about power. You saw all the heads on the ground leading to his room. It was just a reminder to everybody saying, Hey, if you try to get me, you're gonna be killed. But the interesting thing was when the American came he allowed him to kill him. If yeah. you notice, nobody nobody stopped him. Right. Which was interesting because one of the things he said earlier was he's been sent to kill many people from all over the world. But the fact that they're sending him to kill an American citizen fills him with dread because he it's different killing an American citizen.
1: I think there's a lot of ambiguity in this. Right, and that's 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 why we can have different imp- interpretations and thoughts. I would I would say right, um, which is really surprising for a movie that's that long and so at face value focused, but it's not right. That, that that's kind of the problem. I think that's the problem I had with it. It's not focused enough, but it is so localized and focused. Um, and we just encounter these weird things that happen during the war, right? Like, um, there's two things that that struck me as like, what is this? One is the um, the Playboy performance, right? Where they just kind of show up in the in the river, and there's all these lights and um, the stage, and then they just kind of fly Playboy bunnies playmates i don't even know what to call them um and for the entertainment of of the gis um that happens i'm sure that happens still but i know there's like bands and comedians that go out to war zones to kind of uplift the spirits of of our soldiers um it's kind of absurd if you see it in this it just kind of showcases the absurdity of that but then you also see, like, these are just you know, normal people that happen to be soldiers, right? And they um, and they, they just get to take their mind off for a little bit during these instances, I, I guess. But even then we see, you know, a little sense of kind of Depravity, right? I see. We're not recording on your end anymore. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. So, getting back at the, you know, so we have the these weird instances, right? So there's that, and then there's the there's the bridge piece where we go to the bridge. It was super dark there, so it's, it's kind of hard to see what, what was going on. But um, like very clearly, he was, Coppola was kind of playing with circus imagery, right? And it's like this whole thing is a circus music, was also kind of alluding to the kind of circus vibe. The string lights kind of look like a circus. And I still don't know what I'm supposed to make of that. You know, it's like war is kind of a circus. Crazy things happen. I don't know, right? Like... Um, all in all, I think my, my argument kind of remains, right? Like, we're strung along. We we have these weird encounters um, that I guess just kind of show the randomness and kind of absurdity and the and, uh, depravity of war. But it's not necessarily a very cohesive story in that, right? If we just look at the mission at bay, right? Mm. Like, it would be kind of like, like a Mission Impossible movie where it's like, okay, your mission is to you know terminate this person and then we have that and we see a two and a half hour long river rafting tour um with like the most random stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the mission at hand it's just kind of a byproduct of the area where we are and yeah i don't know it's 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 an interesting movie. I'm happy to talk about it more, like the positive sides. Of, of course, in the, in the sidebar, uh, it's an interesting movie. I enjoyed it, but I'm still kind of puzzled as to what I'm supposed to do
0: with it. All right. kind of, um, let's, let we, we can go to the sidebar then. I can talk a little bit about some of the things that I didn't like about the film too.
1: rules sidebar guilty speculation hearsay bailiff briefcase disregard in my chamber. Stop, beaver, on the
0: witness I arrest. We could totally be lawyers. So, in the sidebar now. Yep, yeah. go for it. Uh, Well, 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 well. it's always good to be on this side of the bar. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that I didn't like about the film was the end. For a movie that moved through so much uh, in the first two hours, we get to Cambodia and the movie just becomes a slog. Slow, Marlon Brando acting. Oh, man. It's almost like... He wanted to act more than the the purpose of the film was supposed to be. I'm sure the movie was not meant to be this way because this guy basically stagnated the film where they just kept repeating the same themes all over and all over and over and over and over and over over again. Uh, He kept trying to say, oh my God, he's crazy. He's crazy. And I was like, we've established that. Why do we have to have additional scenes to let people know that he's crazy? Um, And, you know, it was, I think if I had one criticism of the film, uh, the movie started off wild, went wilder, got wilder still. And then when you get to the epitome of the film, the climax, we get an anticlimax where, you know, instead of giving us a, like a crazy or at least an interesting end that defeats all the rest of the film, we get to have a philosophical conversation where people are going around and around in philosophical circles, trying to answer the same question. It was boring. And I think at the end, after about 15, 20 minutes, I think I was done at the end. Like I was so, I was done with, you know, I was like, assassinate him. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Three hours in, like, like,
1: bring the ring to Mordor already. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like now, I'm somewhat compelled, but I don't think I'm going to do this. Like to see the other two versions, right? Like, what did he take out in the theatrical? Um, is it a bit more streamlined? Does it feel a little less random? I don't know. What happened in the Redux? Right? Is it even worse? Because, like I said, the plantation thing is very strange to me it's just the tonality doesn't work at all um the music doesn't work at all like this this weird uplifting romantic thing doesn't work at all for me at least so i i really don't understand why it's in there but maybe that's also you know another aspect of war that you know you have winners and losers and you have the people straight in the middle that kind of profit from everything i don't know Maybe that's that's what we're taking from this. Um, good things. So I think the visually, this is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, the sets are interesting. They make the river look like it is different in all the locations. Um, one thing I find fascinating: the smoke bump budget for this movie must have been insanely high <laughs> because it's like <laughs> smoke bombs are used as mood uh mood lighting everywhere like even in the in the you know criminal courts it's like at the end like you know they, they just have random smoke bombs in the in the background just to give a little more flair to the whole environment and it's like okay some they need to come from somewhere right and there, there's not an infinite amount of Smoke bombs to just have a constant supply of smoke, modifying the the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a side note, those something I those Like, oh, they use this a lot. Um, I think the there's two two scenes that are very famous, right? It's it's uh, the uh, helicopter scene where they bomb with uh what uh, was that Valkyrie Flight of the Valkyrie the song um it's a great shot and then uh, him coming out of the, the mud kind of diving mm. and then coming out of the mud i did two um, famous scenes and and they're great i think it looks great uh sound was a little weird it was hard to understand people sometimes um those little shouty shouty matches um like overall i'm happy i've seen this finally but i feel like it's not focused enough me to like I, I i felt bored here and there and it got mm-hmm. the worst in the plantation um after that yes it goes into these philosophical like i said in these into these philosophical conversations of like what are we doing here and you know it's 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 like because at the core right kurtz's argument is this is kind of inevitable We can either do it the fast way and it's kind of the morally questionable way but at least it's done faster or we can Mm -hmm. drag this out like we're doing right now um with a lot more casualties and uh, a lot more effort and it's not even clear you know if we can get it done and so so that's kind of the at the core i think is is the thing that gets him to be terminated like questioning the authority of Mm. of, you know and i I suppose there's an argument for that but then you also think about it's like wait a minute we're arguing about if war crimes are the better way to do wars. (laughs) if war crimes are a better way to do wars right and then uh, that gets weird so i guess like are we strung along for three hours to arrive at kind of agreeing with him which then shows us that we are also kind of starting to get numb to all the horrors that happened, or not. And if that's kind of the intention, then I say, okay, that's that's kind of interesting, right? Because like, if you arrive at that and it's like, well, it kind of has a point, I don't know, um, that's a morally interesting discussion, right? Okay. But I'm not sure he wanted to get there. I don't know, and that's that's. I don't know, that's that, That's kind of the problem I have, I guess. Like, I'm not I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this.
0: I think, first of all, I'll say that one of the things that I, I'm going to say that I really, really appreciate about this film is the cinematography. This movie holds up very well. Yep. The lighting, the scenes, the rivers. The person who did this movie based on the cinematography, chef's kiss. Um, I, I kind of agree with you on the the room that we get towards the end of the film. Um, but I also disagree on the purpose. I think that the purpose was clear, but I do agree with you that it was unfocused. I and mean, I think it was unfocused because of the nature of the journey. Uh, the focus was kill this guy. So this was the main point of the film. The unfocused was all the things that we get to see. The Playboys dancing on the trip, all, all of that was all part of the journey. Uh, the French, the French meal, you know, that the chef liked, all of it was part of the journey. So I can agree with your argument that it's, it can feel unfocused. The journey feels unfocused, but I think the goal was very clear. Um, I like this film. I like the film quite a lot. If I was gonna watch this movie again, and I I didn't think I'm gonna watch this. It's not gonna like jump off into my list because it's very disturbing to watch. It's a very very hard watch uh, for me because you know there's a lot of casual racism, a lot of uh, product of its time. Um, I don't know if even I think it's still a product of today. But the truth about it is it's not easy to swallow a lot of things, the way they dismiss folks, the people shooting people from helicopters. It feels animalistic. It feels barbaric. And it's not a fun watch. Um, But I think it drives the message. And I think uh, the message is quite clear in this film. Whatever Francis Ford Coppola thinks, this movie is anti-war uh even if it's a realistic take on it, but yeah, this does not wanna be one of the worst ones I'll be watching <clears throat> uh it's one of, it's not gonna be one of those ones that I'm gonna be watching every christmas yeah
1: yeah like i said i'm I'm curious what the other cuts are like, but I don't think I'm gonna revisit this anytime soon yeah. it's a good movie like and and but you need to be in a in the mood for that right because it is really depressing <laughs> So, I agree. so there's that um, you know another good movie that happens to be on the list which going one Memento Memento is going to be the next movie
0: Memento alright well, I was you know I've been I've been, uh, I've been clowning on the director of that film for a while now uh, but I saw the trailer for Oppenheimer and uh, uh, he's won again uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I w- I wanted I wanted I wanted this movie to open against Barbie, and I wanted Barbie to destroy, uh, m- oh, you know, the movie. Uh, but yeah, they shifted Oppenheimer to a different date, and Bobby's looking treacherous. Uh, so it's gonna be <laughs> okay. it's gonna be interesting to see. yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we've seen, we've talked about a lot of Christopher Nolan films and. My argument about Christopher Nolan is still the same. Um, But, you know, Memento is a much tighter film than all the other ones we've got. So it's going to be interesting to talk about. For sure. For sure. Until then,
1: though, where could people find us? You find us
0: on um, Twitter, if that still exists. We should probably start thinking about joining something else. Um, You don't want to have one of those audio stuff and you know it crashes on you when two people click like um, but you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at Movie Mistrial or you can send us an email
1: to contact, it. Oh, contact at MovieMistrial.com and uh, you know send us a message let us know if we were horribly wrong yeah. tell us all the things alright <laughs> my friend you have a wonderful rest of your day
0: and speak
1: to you for the next one
0: sounds good man all right folks bye